And as you know, for the past eight weeks, we've been talking about this war that you can't always perceive, but it's going on behind the scenes. You can't see it, but it's going on and and you feel it. And we've been talking about this war that's designed to take you out of the race toward your God. It's designed to take you out of the race towards God's promise and gift to you, which is heaven and life eternal. Well, this morning I want to end this series by giving you some weapons that you can actually use to win this battle against temptation time after time after time because temptation comes, right? Time after time after time. So we want to talk about some weapons that you can use today. Now, James tells us in the very first chapter, there are two kinds of trials. There are trials that are like tests that produce in you godliness. Trials like Job experienced. Trials that take you to your knees and cause you to look at God once again. They produce in you more godliness. But there are also trials that are kind of like temptations that call out to us to become involved in sinfulness. So let's understand this. Tests are allowed by God to cause you to develop a more godly character. But temptations come from the hand of Satan to cause you to fall into sin. When God tests you, it's all about God encouraging you to be better and to do better. When Satan comes to tempt you, it's all about Satan encouraging you to be worse and to do worse. So let's clarify this. God tests, yes. But Satan tempts. God tests, Satan tempts. Say that with me this morning here. God tests, but Satan tempts. The Bible says this, verse 12, chapter 1 of James. Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial. And if you go back to the verses previous, it talks about tests and temptations. Both kinds. Because having stood the test, that person will receive, here it is, The crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. The message paraphrase says that same verse this way. Look at this. Anyone who meets a testing challenge head on and manages to stick it out is mighty fortunate. For such persons loyally in love with God, the reward is life and more life. The crown of life, life eternal. You know, ever since Satan tempted Adam and Eve, he's continued to tempt the people of God. And he tempts God's people for one reason. To draw God's creation away from God, the creator. That's the only reason. Doesn't care about you. Doesn't care about me. He only cares about drawing you and me away from God. The one he hates. The one he rebelled against and competed with in heaven. The one that he's rebelling against today. Satan is rebelling against God the Father. Now the Bible tells us in the book of Genesis, very first book in the Bible, that Satan is the tempter. But here in the book of James, it says that God is never the tempter. So Satan is the only tempter in this world. And today he's allowed to freely tempt you and me. And we understand that, amen? (laughs) We are constantly under temptation. 
But a day, I want you to know, is coming when his tempting will end. His tempting will end. But until that day, you and I, we've got to learn how to stand firm. Stand firm when tempted to sin. Jesus says it this way. In this world, you will have troubles, temptations, trials of every kind. But do not fear. Take heart. I have overcome this world. And he's saying, children of mine, if you come to me, I can overcome. I crushed. I I conquered the grave. I crushed sin and death under my feet. And if you come to me, since I have overcome, you too can overcome. I have overcome all of this. In this life, you're going to be tempted in a lot of different ways. Satan experiments with you until he finds a weakness. And once he finds that weakness, he keeps pushing that same button over and over again. Causing you to fall over and over again. Especially when you're exhausted. You ever found that out? It's when you fall most of the time. When you're really tired, you're too tired to resist. The question is, so what should we do about that? And the answer is, prepare ahead of time to win the battle against temptation time after time after time. We're going to talk this morning about how to prepare ahead of time. The Bible says this, take your stand against the devil's schemes. As Sergio said last week, he's scheming all the time. He's planning all the time how to take you down, how to take you out of the race. So the Bible says, take your stand. Take your stand. Stand your ground. Don't give up any ground that you have accomplished in Jesus Christ. Stand firm when the temptations come. You see, with every temptation, there's a choice. You can stand against it or you can yield to it. With every temptation comes a choice to overcome it or to be overcome by it. The Bible says, take your stand. Don't give up any ground that you've gained with Jesus Christ. Don't give up any intimacy that you've gained with your Lord Jesus Christ. No, you stand your ground and you stand firm. So how can you do this? How can you win this kind of battle when the temptations come and you're tired and you're exhausted? Write this down. First of all, choose your reward. Today, ahead of time, before the next temptation strikes, choose your reward. Before it comes again, how do you want to end your life? What reward do you want to receive at the end of your life so as you walk the streets of this life and various voices call out to you to leave your walk with God for a moment of pleasure, to not stand your ground, but to back up for a moment of pleasure. When those voices call out to you, there will be no decision to make if you've chosen your reward. Because your choice has already been made. You've already chosen to enjoy the eternal and glorious riches promised to you by Jesus Christ. Write this down. Now's the time to choose the crown of life. The crown of life. Once again, the Bible says, Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial. Because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life. That the Lord has promised to those who love him. And Jesus promises this in Revelation. Look at this. Blows my mind. To him who overcomes. I will give the right. Here it is. 
to sit with me on my throne. Everybody say, wow. (laughs) Jesus is promising to you that you can sit with him on his throne just as I overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. My kids, you can come sit with me on my throne. I'm getting chills. Are you getting blessed? Maybe it's just because I'm cold. I don't know. (laughs) But choose the crown. Ahead of time, choose the crown of life as your reward. Jesus says, you can come sit with me for all eternity. Next, then choose God's gifts. God's gifts. The Father has good and perfect gifts for his kids. The Bible says this, when tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. Then, after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it's full grown, gives birth to death. This scripture lets us know that God is never the tempter, that Satan is always the tempter. And when that old man, those old ways that we used to really participate in before we came to Jesus, kind of pricks up his head and perks up his head, we get dragged away by that old man, that old nature once again. And when your evil desires drag you to behold this bait that Satan dangles before you, it's then that the temptation is really on. When that old man, that evil desire pops up again and you look at that bait, then the temptation is on. And then after that selfish desire has looked at the bait, it usually takes the bait and it devours the bait. And then the Bible says it gives birth to sin. You go ahead and you yield. You you don't stand your ground. You back up. You yield. And it gives birth to sin. It gives birth to separation from God. That's called spiritual death. The Bible says in 1 Timothy that our sins separate us from God. Now, as a Christian, it doesn't mean that you lose your salvation every time you sin. But it does mean your relationship is strained. There's a separation going on. You've allowed sin to enter the temple of God. I've done it. You've done it? Oh, come on, be honest. Don't just go, you you ever sinned and let it come into the temple? And that grieves the Spirit of God. And this scripture continues and says, Don't be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. God is not the tempter. He's the gift giver. He's the one who gives good and perfect gifts that come from his hand. And so don't choose to let the bad gifts come into your heart and life. Choose to want and long for God's perfect gifts. You see, God's gifts will satisfy your deepest longings because they are good and perfect and holy And we all have longings. Our mind longs for for grace. Our mind longs for truth. Our soul longs for, for real, genuine love. Our strength longs for power. And if God is on the throne of your life, you'll choose to let Him fill the longings of your life with His good and perfect gifts.
But if you're on the throne, you're going to choose to gratify the longings of your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength with some quick, temporary substitute. With things that are not good and things that are not perfect. Folks, satisfy your longings with God's gifts. How can you win the battle? First of all, you choose your reward. You choose, God, I want the crown of life. I want to sit on the throne with you for all eternity. God, I want my longings to be filled with your good and perfect gifts, not only here, but forever. So before the next temptation strikes, even this morning, you say, God, I want your reward. And you make that commitment to pursue his reward. Second, you win the battle by choosing your Lord. Your reward and then your Lord. And folks, this is the bottom line to winning any kind of temptation. When you are on the throne of your life, your selfish desires are in control. Selfishness then leads to sin. And then if you keep leading that kind of a lifestyle, it leads then to satanic influence over and over again. He sees that weakness. He sees that that yielding spirit. And he comes back and keeps pushing that same button again and again. And you've got this satanic influence in that area of your life just trying to get a grip on your life. And then it leads to a satanic stronghold in your life. Something that's very difficult to break. When you're on the throne of your life, you've got the wrong ruler on the throne of your life. And that leads to wrong thoughts and wrong attitudes, and wrong habits, and wrong actions, and wrong addictions, and then satanic strongholds. Listen, when your selfish desires are on the throne, you will choose to meet your longings of your heart, soul, mind, and strength in ways that will leave you with guilt. Ways that will leave you with troubled relationships. With pain and depression. When self is on the throne, your heart is filled with pride. I can do this on my own, God. It's not going to hurt me. Your mind is deceived. It's not giving in to the truth. It's deceived. Your soul is filled with lust. Your, your strength becomes cruel or your strength fails and becomes weak. But when Jesus is on the throne of your life, the opposite takes place. When Jesus is on the throne, your heart becomes humble before Christ. And you experience his gift of grace. Your mind becomes open to his truth and his teachings. And your mind is renewed by his truth. Your soul desires to express love to others. And you are saturated with God's love. When he's on the throne, your strength is used for his glory. And you are filled with his strength and his supernatural energy. The Father's gifts are good and perfect and eternal. And they meet all of your deepest longings. The question is, who is on the throne of your life this morning? Who's on the throne? We've all seen this little campus crusade drawing of a, of a chair with the cross on the throne. Or the cross not on the chair, not on the throne. Can you truthfully say that Jesus is 100% in control of my life? He's on the throne. He's my Lord. He's my master. Who is your Lord? 
If Jesus is your Lord, you will overcome. Write that down. If God is on the throne of your life, you're going to find yourself praying, lead me not, Lord, into temptation, but deliver me from the evil one. And folks, when you pray that, you will mean it. If Jesus is on the throne, you will mean it. You see, the reason Jesus teaches you to pray, lead me not into temptation, is to get your attitude in line with his attitude. It's to get your will in line with his will. It's to, it's to get your attitude towards sin like his attitude towards sin. You might want to write this down. He desires that you not desire to flirt with evil desires. He desires that you not desire to flirt with evil desires. You need to place God on the throne of your life and then ask him to create in you and maintain in you a clean heart. And then when you're tempted, you will dig in your heels into the ground and you will not be moved. You will stand your ground. You will stand firm. You know, years and years ago, when our, when our kids were really young, we, we had a dog. We had, we had this dog. You want to go to the next slide? We had this dog. His name was Ashes, Cocker Spaniel. And uh, that's when our kids were really, really young. And I want you to know that Ashes was a fair-weather California dog. <laughs> if it was raining, you let the clouds roll in and the rain come down. Here he was at the slider going like this, wanting in. Now, Ashes was never a house dog. He shed too bad. And so he never a house dog. And so we, we would let him get into the garage when the rain came. But he was such a fair-weather dog that if it rained for 40 days and 40 nights straight, he wouldn't put one paw out the door. Even if his food was outside, he would starve to death. He would not put one paw out the door. And so even if I tried to take him for a walk, even if I tried to take him out to his food dish, even if it was just misting, it, it, he wouldn't go. And you've all tried to do this. And if I tried to take care of hold of his collar and, and pull him a little bit, he wouldn't go. It was kind of like four-paw drive in reverse. <laughs> I would pull on the collar. He'd, no, you know, he wouldn't go. And the truth is this. Ashes resisted my pull when it was in a direction different than his goal. When Jesus is on the throne of your life, your goal is his will. And what do you do? You resist any other pull. You just put all four paws down. No way you resist the pull. But if you are your Lord, you will be overcome time after time after time. If you're on the throne, you'll be dragged down from the will of God. You'll be enticed by the bait that he dangles before you. And you will fall to whatever is offering to gratify your longings at that moment. If you are on the throne, you don't have a chance of winning the battle against temptation. I want to I challenge you this morning. Choose Jesus as your Lord. Amen? Choose Jesus as your Lord. Who is your Lord this morning? How can you win the battle? Choose your reward ahead of time. Choose your reward and then your Lord ahead of time. Make him your Lord this morning. Last, choose your sword. You've got to choose a weapon when you go into battle. 
You've got you've to choose a weapon that works for you. And I want to share with you quickly this morning six, we- six weapons that you can use to win the battle against temptation. Weapon number one is this. First, get clean on the inside. At the beginning of every day, get clean on the inside. The Bible says this, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. But if we claim we've not sinned, we make him out to be a liar and his word is not in us. My dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. But if anybody does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins. In other words, he he paid it all for us. And not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. Great author, Richard Foster, has written lots of books on spiritual disciplines. And I read years and years ago, he's a a friend's pastor, about a cleansing exercise that he used. And I've brought this into my life and I've used it for years. I've shared it before years ago, but I want to share it again. A lot of times after my uh, morning prayer walk, I'll sit down on the patio in our swing out back and, and I'll go through this exercise, especially when I've got a thousand things racing through my mind and it's difficult to really follow the Lord that morning. And he says, imagine that your body, all of your fingers and your toes have corks in the end of them. And then imagine that your whole body is filled with a dark, sinful, murky liquid. And then he says... One by one, take the corks out of all your fingers and toes. And so I sit there and I close my eyes and I just pull out each one just like that. And then he says, imagine now, fingers and toes, corks are gone. Imagine that dark, murky liquid starting from the top, beginning to just go out and flow out of your fingers and toes. And just watch that go until it just goes and just say, Lord, I confess all my sin to you. Cleanse me, purify me. And I just watch in my heart's mind until all that last drop is gone. And then I say, Lord Jesus, the Bible says that you are the living water. And I imagine myself being kind of like a dishwasher at that moment. And I say, Lord Jesus, just come and wash me clean. And I just feel, I just feel, and then I just vision his water, his living water just go, you know, all through me from head to toe. And it takes out any left residue that's left in me. And there I am clean. And then one by one, I put all the corks back in. He's made me clean. He's purified me from all unrighteousness. And just one, I don't even hurry the process. I put every cork back in. And then he says, imagine that your top of your head has a lid on it. And I open it up. And I say, Holy Spirit of God, your word says that you are like a fire that will come and purify us. And so I ask the Holy Spirit to come in and just cleanse up any dross, any sin, any chaff that's left within me. And I just envision the, the fire of the Spirit just burning inside of me. And then while he's doing that, and when he's done, and I feel just cleansed and squeaky clean. You know what squeaky clean is? Just squeaky clean. I close the lid really fast so he can't get out. <laughs> of course, that's not scripturally, theologically true. <laughs> but that exercise helps me start my day Focus on God and make sure that I am squeaky clean with the Lord Jesus Christ. Take time to start your day like that. You'll be glad that you did. It'll give you a power to say no to sin. 
And that's the next weapon. Just say no. (laughs) Maybe even shout no. The Bible says this. For the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live a self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age while we wait for the blessed hope, which is the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness and to purify for himself a people that are his very own, ones who are eager to do what is good. Sometimes you just have to say no. Whether out loud or in your spirit, say no. In the name of Jesus Christ, be gone from me. It's a weapon that you can use. Third weapon is this. Then find the escape hatch. God teaches in his word there's always a way out. Take a look at this scripture. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common for mankind. And God is faithful. He'll not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out and escape so that you can endure it. Folks, there's no temptation that we cannot endure. We give in because we want to. Because we're tired, we're exhausted. The old man tries to rise back up and we want to. The Bible says we can endure through the power of Jesus Christ. And he always gives us a way out, a way out. Years ago, there's this old TV show uh, called Hee Haw. Anybody remember that old TV show, Hee Haw? Crazy, stupid, dumb show. <laughs> but I watched it one time, and there's this old doctor on there. They called him Doc Campbell. And he was confronted by a patient who said, Doc, I broke my arm in two places. And old Doc Campbell replied, well, then stay out of them places. <laughs> And that's really a sad joke. (laughs) But listen, the Bible does teach God provides a way out of temptation, a way of escape, but you got to stay out of them dangerous places. There was a man I dealt with years and years ago who had a pornography addiction. And he used to go to a dangerous place on his way home from work. And so as we met to win the battle against temptation, I asked him to call his wife the minute he stepped out of his office door and say, honey, I'm leaving right now and I'm going to be home in 10 minutes. And then I asked him to also change the route that he took on his way home so that he could stay out of those dangerous places so he'd have no opportunity to fall. I'll be home in 10 minutes. She said, great, I've got dinner starting right now. Don't be late. And then he changed his route home and he had no opportunity to fall. Sometimes you just got to find a way to stay out of the dangerous places, those places that tend to cause you to fall. The next weapon you can use is this. Use the sunscreen. Not the S-U-N screen, but the S-O-N screen. Use the name of Jesus. Sometimes you need a far greater power than just your own. Sometimes you need something greater than just a weapon that you use in your own power. In those times, use the sunscreen. Use the powerful name of Jesus Christ to rebuke and resist the tempter. The Bible says this. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil. And here it is. What will he do? He will flee from you. If you say, Jesus, you are my reward, I've chosen you and your good and perfect gifts and your crown of life, you are my Lord, you are on the throne of my life, I'm submitted completely to you, if you will just resist the devil in the name of Jesus Christ, 
He must flee from you. He cannot stay around. He's got to go. You know, when you came in this morning, I handed out to you, you should have all gotten this little thing called a spiritual warfare prayer. I want to encourage you that if you are being tempted and you're not winning, or if you're, you're falling more often than you really should, I want to encourage you to take this prayer and I want to give it to you as kind of a prescription, like a medical prescription. I want you to pray it morning and night for the next 30 days and then use as needed, all right? <laughs> then take as needed. This is a powerful, powerful prayer that will give you victory over the evil one. The prayer is not magic. What makes it powerful is it's based on the word of God. Almost every phrase comes directly from God's word. And there's one thing that Satan can't stand, and it's the word of God. Amen? There's one thing that he can't stand. It's when people pray in faith in the word of God. And so he's got to flee. And so, folks, if you're struggling, you're going down. Use this. Take this into your life, and you'll find victory over and over again. The next weapon is fire bullet prayers. <laughs> you know how a bullet just goes out? Sometimes that's all you can do is fire a bullet prayer. The Bible says, Jesus says, or this says about Jesus, call on me in the day of trouble and I will deliver you and you will honor me. Isn't that something that God says that to us? Call on me in the day of trouble. And here's a promise. And I will deliver you. And you will end up standing your ground, not backing up, not yielding to sin, and you will honor me. And all of God's people said, amen. How do you do that fire bullet prayer? Maybe it's something like Peter prayed, Jesus, help me. Help me. Or Jesus, protect me. Jesus, cover me with the power of your name and your shed blood. Fire a bullet prayer. And last, hit back. If Satan is hitting you with some temptation, hit him back by praying for other people. Now, there's no direct scripture in this, on this uh, direct weapon, but I found that it works. It works for me. Because when Satan, he hates nothing more than when God's people pray for each other. And so when you become tempted, pray for somebody else that you might know is being tempted. Pray for somebody else to resist and stand their ground and be strong in the Lord. And as you pray for God's will to be done in others, you will come in line with God's will for you. Amen? It just changes your heart. And so as, as you hit back and you begin to pray for somebody else, God's people, you hit back and say, you're tempting me, but you know what? I'm going to lift up the family of God. I'm going to pray for my brothers and my sisters that are struggling. And then all at once, your will comes back into line with God's will for you. Listen, to win the battle against temptation, choose your reward. Choose Jesus to be your Lord. And choose to start using some effective sword every time you're tempted. Jesus Christ asked a good question. He says, what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world, but he loses his soul? And I like, to, I like to say it this way. What's it profit a man if he gains the whole world, but he loses the crown of life? If he loses heaven, what's it really going to profit? And yet, a lot of Christians flirt with sin. We kind of have Jesus on the throne part-time, then we take him off and flirt with sin, yield and fall. 
Folks, it's time to get serious and say, I'm a Christian for the rest of my life. And I'm going to put Jesus Christ on the throne of my, my heart, my mind, my soul, the rest of my life. You see, losing the crown of life happens when we yield to one temptation at a time. Until your heart becomes so hardened. And your mind becomes so confused. And your soul becomes so troubled. And your soul becomes so weak that you can no longer resist at all. And then Satan's job of stealing, killing, and destroying is closer to being finished. His job of stealing God's word from your heart and mind. His job of killing your faith in Jesus Christ and his word. His job of destroying your eternal life is closer to being finished. Do not leave here this morning without choosing your reward, your Lord, and your sword. Amen? I've tried to make it as simple as I can make it. I've tried to make it rhyme so that you'll never let those go out of your head. Your Lord, reward, your Lord, and your sword. Take those with you. Take that outline with you. Put it where you tend to be tempted so that you can grab at a weapon and use it. Memorize them. Go back and read the scriptures. Let him be your Lord and use the sword. Would you bow with me in prayer? Would you pray with me this morning in your heart? Lord Jesus, I choose today to win the battle against temptation. Today I choose the crown of life as my reward for overcoming sin in this life. I want to sit with you, Jesus, on your throne. I choose Jesus as my Lord I'll stop trying to take him off the throne of my life. And I choose an effective sword to overcome the tempter in this life. Lord Jesus, you know that the tempter's not going to quit until we're in the grave. And so, Lord, I pray that you would use this entire series, all that we've heard, to bring every one of us to a place where we make you first in our life. We determine to follow you and no one else to the crown of life. We commit ourselves fresh and new to you. We choose to win this battle by your power. In Jesus' name we pray. And God's people said, amen. amen.